and welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here for our final show of the year. And that doesn't mean that we're going on a break or anything like that. That's just because 2022 is coming to an end as well. It's been a very fun year. We look forward to going back and looking at some of the sports moments we talked about and a whole lot of other things. It is DJ joined as always by my co-hosts Kelsey and Kelsey. The gifts are open. The pie is eaten. The food is slowly but surely digesting. We've end, we're at the back end of the holiday season as Christmas has come and gone. Hanukkah is at the back stretch. Kwanzaa is at the back stretch. And we are closing out on a new year, which means another year in sports wrapped up in, in the rearview mirror. Yeah, it's wow. Uh, it's already there. I mean, really, it's um, it's been yeah, it's been a heck of a year. It's, it's really been interesting. Um, it, it's and you know a lot of storylines is left and right. But you mentioned the pie. I don't know if I had enough pie yet. I don't know if you could ever have enough pie during the holidays. Um, mm. you know, just getting back to more fun stuff, but no, it's been, it's been a fun year. Mm. Obviously sports all, all around started off with a bang or ending with a bang in, in, in this, this year, this year as well. So, uh, it's been, uh, been a wild ride and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm looking forward to next year. See what, see what 23 has in store. Absolutely. We've got a whole lot to look forward to in that as well too. And I look forward to, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments from this past year. We'll get all, into all of that here shortly as well too, but we're going to go ahead and start things off by heading on over to the tip off as well too, to kick the show off and, for today's tip-off, I feel like it would be almost fitting if we start on the basketball quarters as well, too, for the tip-off. And honestly, I think the one thing that stands out so far in basketball is Luka Doncic. Oh, my goodness. He continues to – I think he has a vendetta and is always going directly at you for literally three seasons ago when you said he's not quite that good yet and we're yelling at our guest, Devin, saying he should not be the MVP. And since that moment, I think Luka's had a personal vendetta against you, and it, I feel like – Every single time he does something, he's staring at you when he does it. You know, it is possible. I, I honestly don't know anymore uh, because I, this year, at least, I, you know, I said he was going to be the greatest of the regular season. I said it. Mm. I stand by it. Mm. And I feel even more vindicated now after what he did last mm. night. Setting history. I mean, absolutely. What a night. And it's not just, it's not, I mean, it's not just last night. Let's, let's be fair. It's been, he's been building to this. He had a 32-point game against the Lakers on Christmas Day. Two, one rebound and one assist shy of a triple-double. He had a double-double, a 50-10 and 8 double-double against the Rockets on the 23rd. But last night, just setting a record against the Knicks of all teams. Like, is there another team that is meant to have records set against them than the Knicks? I, I, don't, I don't think there is. I think it's like either you play in New York or you're playing against the Knicks and somebody's going to set a record somehow. And Luka did it in 47 minutes, gave you 60 points, 21 rebounds and 10 assists. Uh, by the way, two steals and a block as well, but absolutely just what a what a night i like i can't i can't ex, i can't express that enough like just insane the the just the stat line he had and all of that it's just oh yeah mm-hmm. magical and on top of that too he did that on 68 percent shooting from the field as well too and they were down by nine with 37 seconds left the numbers were like oh and three thousand four hundred and fifty three all time when a team was down by nine or more points with 37 35 seconds left and now it is one and three blah 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 and a whole bunch of numbers as well too is not only was it stat stuffing or anything absolutely insane like that it was to win the game including that missed free throw attempt takes a weird bounce and he gets that the most old man game joe ingles playing in the backyard with your uncles back in the heyday when you were a little kid put back shot from a little bit outside the block as well off the tip and the giddy school kid on the playground look on his face after pulling that off and then going on to win as well. An absolutely sensational performance. Probably the best individual performance we've seen. If you take away like 
surroundings, what it means. Like, obviously, it's not a finals performance, even a playoff game, but just individual performance that we've seen with our eyes, probably the best we've seen in a very, very long time. I don't want to say since Kobe's 81, but it's hard to think of a whole lot in between that's going to match 60, 20, and 10, including a game-time bucket at the buzzer on top of it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I, I, I'm literally, I was speechless last night. Like just when that, seeing that stat line, I, and my favorite part was the, the post game interview. Obviously, he's like, uh, you know, he, he asked, he I had to ask the 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 interviewer, wait, I had sixty, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, not me, not me getting sixty. And then they asked him, like, how do you feel? I'm like, he's like, oh, I, I need a, I need a, I need a, uh, what was it, a uh, recovery beer? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's Luca now. Now that Luca's twenty one, he can actually say things like that. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. before that, he can couldn't say things. But no, that was. I mean, it, you know, they always say big players have big moments. I, I don't know if the twenty seventh of December against the Knicks at home is a big moment. But in 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 the NBA in the regular season, I feel like you can turn any day into a big moment. And coming off an almost triple double against the Lakers on Christmas, like what better way to answer an almost triple double than a history breaking triple double? I just. I don't know, man. I just I, Luca's just the dude's made of magic. I don't know, at this point in time, that's that's all there is to it. He's the he's the old man game that just keeps tr- that it keeps just working. He, he, his his game can work in all eras. So I'm just I guess we're just here for the ride. <laughs> like that's how it feels right now. I'm just not going to say anything bad about Luca anymore after the last three years of him taunting me. And on top of it, now when you pick him to go to the MVP, he has a burst. He slows down a little bit. Then just when it feels like maybe maybe he's coming back down to earth, he gives you some stuff like what he's done these last few games as well. And on top of that, Christian Wood is starting to come into his own off the bench as well, too, having all-star caliber numbers, which if he can go going, you can give Luca 30% help, just something to count, to go along with his 60 to get you to 80, basically. Team could be very scary, and I... He's making a strong case for your MVP prediction as well, too. He's definitely trying to – he's helping you out with that one a whole lot today as well. And there's a whole lot more to come, you feel like, as well, too. But it's absolutely sensational performance. Not going to say Baby Bird-esque because that's too cliche, but if Luca Magic in his own way. Oh, like, let's, let's pump the brakes on the Baby Bird-esque commentary. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to go too – we're not going to get that ass tonight. But he definitely took flight last night as well, too. An absolutely sensational performance that – you know what? If we didn't, when we talk about best moments of 2022, this one's probably just going to miss the list because it happened a little bit late on us. But it's definitely something we're going to remember when we look back on this year, this year as well too. But that was for from the we're going to go from the hardcore now. Talk a little bit about the gridiron as well too, because there's an interesting headline that made topics recently, and that was Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson, not only saying that he should be in the running for offensive player, but he's saying he should have a case for MVP as well too, saying that he. He should be in that conversation with the pace that he's on as well, too. And we're going to keep it simple at the start of this one. Kelsey, what does he have his free? What do you think about his case for MVP? Strong case, weak case, get out of here or crown him? You know, honestly, this year, this year, mid cousins wouldn't be a thing without Jay Jettas. Uh, you know, iced out cousins wouldn't be a thing without Jay Jettas. Um, I, I, Minnesota wouldn't be a thing without Jay Jettas. I, 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 I look at that and this season alone, I, let's think about MVP candidates right now. Like, true, actually, absolutely have a full case, have not stumbled along the way MVP candidates this season. Joe Burrow had a rough start to the season, okay? You have Patrick Mahomes. That's that's number one, probably, right now. He's running away with it, probably. Yeah, Josh Allen, I, but at no. the same time, he's made a lot of mistakes as well. Uh, beyond that... Nobody from the AFC North, nobody from the AFC East. 
Nobody from the AFC West other than Patrick Holmes. Um, nobody from the AFC South that I can think oh, of God. that would even deserve it, uh, even deserve a conversation for the MVP right now. Look at the NFC. A- <laughs> yeah, like look at the NFC right now. Maybe Jalen Hurts, but now with the injury, that's a stumble. Um, you know, the Eagles not clinching against the Cowboys, that's a stumble. The Cowboys, there's nobody on the Cowboys that, that'd be up for this nomination. So look at the NFC. I Maybe he does have a case for MVP this year, just because there's not enough candidates. There's nobody from the South in the NFC. There's nobody from the East in the NFC other than Jalen Hurts. Nobody from the West. Nobody from the North other, other than Jay Jettas, really. Like, that's... Because you're not going to say... If you're going to take Kirk Cousins as an MVP candidate... He doesn't exist without Jay Jettis. And I guess you can make the same case back and forth. Jay Jettis doesn't exist without Kirk Cousins. But mm, those astronomical physics-making catches he's had this year, to say otherwise. Uh, I just There's no other way to put that. I mean, he, he has made Kirk Cousins this season. He has kept the Vikings in four games I can think of off the top of my head. They're, what is it, 10 wins of four points or less? Don't happen if, if it's not for Jay Jettis. So, I, I I think he I think he does have a case this year. I don't know if he's like again. You're going against Patty, who is literally just ramrodding everybody. So I don't think like. And then it's still a quarterback driven league, so you still have Jalen. You have to leap over, and and what he's done so far has been extraordinary. I just, yeah, I mean he has a case. If like if we're, if we're voting for a Heisman, he might finish second in the Heisman voting, but it. You know, this is the MVP race. There's no second place finisher, and you don't get awards for second place in the MVP race. Um, but I will say this: Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, lock that up. Throw throw away the key. That one's a wrap. Unless Tyreek Hill has 200 yards the next two weeks with Teddy Bridgewater, that Offensive Player of the Year should be a wrap for him at this point. I, yeah. On that one, for sure. I will say I agree with you. Like, it's crazy. It's done. That one's over. <laughs> that that's a wrap. I think what what struggles with me too is. He's having a fantastic season, probably going to break the yardage record, assuming he doesn't fall off these last few weeks, most likely. He was my offensive player of the year when we started the season, and I'm still sticking with that. But if Cooper Cup could only get one MVP vote last year when he had a triple crown and more than double the touchdowns that Justin Jefferson has, it's hard for me to, especially when last year, I think you can make a case the MVP class was even weaker than this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers won it, and he missed a game and a half with Rona and was like 18th in passing yards and somehow won the MVP. Tom Brady led in touchdowns and and passing yards, but also led in picks. I not picks, sorry, but had more some of the most picks he's had in a while. Cooper Cup triple crown, obviously, arguably the best receiver season of all time when you encapsulate everything, and he got a single vote. So I he has a case, but I, I agree with you that's at this point it's a quarterback with the occasional running back award. At this point, it's gonna like when Derrick Henry had two thousand yards two years ago, he didn't even get a vote. So I I think he has a case, but it kind of stops. It peaks at three. He peaks at third, and this year the MVP voting is a little bit different than previous years. They're doing it kind of like how the M- NBA does it, where you put one through five, basically instead yeah. of just voting for one guy. So, I feel like Patty and Jalen are one A, one B, one and two now with Jalen Hurts being dinged up. Then Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, I think make that case for number three as well too. But I, I agree. He has a case. Maybe if he had like instead of what is it like eight nine touchdowns, maybe if he had like eighteen touchdowns to go with the yards on top of it, just to bolster that bolster it a little bit because for a receiver to win he's gonna have to randy moss 2007-esque type bs or something like that or last year's cooper cup with that it's it's a really tough case but i think offense player of the year locked and done as we mentioned he has a case it's just it's 
we'll see what he does these last two weeks. We'll say that. if he maybe he pulls something out absolutely astronomical and somehow the Broncos shut down Patrick Mahomes for one of those games, which what's yeah, I mean, yeah, like there's a, there is a slim possibility. I, I will give you that. Like there's that slim possibility that like for some reason Patty doesn't do anything the next two weeks. Um, and again, like I said, the Jalen's in this situation there, and then he just goes off for what two hundred? What do you what do you, what do you think? Two hundred two touchdowns, and then a passing touchdown the next the, the next two weeks, and then throw a rushing touchdown in there too, like four total, yeah. six total touchdowns, maybe something like that, and four hundred total yards. It, it's possible, but like, like you said, it's going to take some. Uh, he's going to have to be playing at LSU against Oklahoma in the college football playoff. He's going to have to do that again, basically. He, he's he's going to have to look like Jade. Yeah, Jay Jettas versus that Auburn defense where he scored four touchdowns as well. Um, yeah, like that's it's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think though that this might be the the really the only chance we have for something other than a quarterback to actually have an opportunity at a at an MVP, and it's still honestly not even close. <laughs> if we're being mm-hmm. fair, like it's not, it's not really like even a a real thought in most people's minds. You know, it's just kind of like oh yeah, I guess like. It's crazy yeah. between him and Cooper Cup last year. It feels like they both, in a previous life, would have an MVP right now. But in the current life, they're unfortunately just going to be a day late and a quarterback short, I guess, as well. Too, and both teams carried by their by their carried their teams from the receiver position, which is in history not very very common. You don't see that where the receiver carries the team on their back like quarterbacks do. But either way, a very interesting case he made as well too. But we are in a grains. Jetta's add another trophy to the award case. Might not be the MVP, but you, sir, are Offensive Player of the Year, and I don't think there's any questions about it, barring maybe Josh Jacobs going off for 250 now that he's going to be the starting quarterback and running back at this point for the Raiders. It, it, with them benching Derek Carr, he might be taking some snaps, so maybe Josh Jacobs gets you 500 yards in these next two weeks and makes a case of his own, but with the way that thing's going, I highly doubt it. So, Justin Jefferson, you are Offensive MVP, but not total MVP, I'd say, right now as well, yeah. too, but... It, and it's it's tough too because that, like you know it's it is that weird award like MVP just goes to quarterbacks it seems like and offensive player of the year will go to anything but a quarterback which is just to me I feels like that should be backwards like I feel like an MVP should just literally be the best player uh, but what do I know what do I know about sports period and on top of that too it's not just JJs but there's guys like Nick Bosa that you could say are making a case for MVP if it encapsulated beyond a quarterback as well too with the season he is having as well and yeah so you know what we, we digress we won't get too far into the weeds on this one as well too but well MVP is kind of like the Heisman but where it feels like it's primarily a quarterback award minus the Devontae Smith from a couple of years ago as well too but you'll hear people that argue that one that dispute that one somehow as well too so yeah, and I do want to say before we get off of the topic of football and we're speaking of you know former guys making case for MVP, uh, if you guys didn't, if you missed the news, JJ Watt is announcing his retirement, um, so he will no longer be playing after this season, which is bittersweet because it's a guy that we all kind of looked at and was like, huh, uh, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Like he, he doesn't really fill up a stat sheet; he doesn't really look like that. But you watch him play, and arguably, DJ, you got to experience him in the AFC South for many a year um, and, and what he used to do to quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you look at what he did on the field and you're just kind of appreciative of, of his work ethic and everything he did. And you look at his story and it's, it's fantastic. So we just want to, you know, send a shout out to one of the, uh, I'll give him, I'll give him what, one of the legends of our current generation. 100%. Everyone talks about how good Aaron Donald is right now. They might be forgetting how good JJ Watt was from like 2012 to 2015. Obviously, Aaron Donald, long term longevity, he's done it for like eight years. Where JJ Watt had a three year run, but that three year run, I mean, you put him head to head with any of Aaron Donald's three years, 
good 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 luck everybody else like he that during that span he might have been one of the most dominant defensive players ever and he was catching touchdowns on top as well too he did literally everything to win an mvp the problem is he was on houston before they had deshaun so they had absolutely no chance of winning basically so it was a mess but He's a, he's a Hall of Famer from those three years alone, plus he's had a long long career on top of it, including some other really good years. Comeback Player of the Year candidate in 2018 with 15 sacks. Like, he's outstanding career. Hall of Famer should be first ballot. And any of those who watched him in his prime, if injuries didn't take him over, we'd be talking about him in the same way with Aaron Donald as well, too. Like, we'd be talking about him, get his ring, get his crowning moment, all the flowers that we see for AD. And that's not a shot on AD. That's just how freaking good the former – Central Michigan tight end turned walk on at Michigan at Wisconsin turned out to be like he's absolutely and, and a top top fifteen pick too. Let's not forget a top fifteen pick, number eleven overall, that got booed when he got drafted. And look where they are now. Less than a year later, he was defensive player of the year. I think he had like sixty sacks over the course of a three four year period. He had back to back twenty sack seasons. Absolutely incredible. And he was wasn't even known for sacks. He's known for swatting the ball down like Dikembe Mutombo. That is how good he was, is that sacks were almost like second thought to because it was like, oh, well, he got sacked. But the way he swats, everyone talked about the way he swats it as opposed to the ridiculous amount of sacks he get. Plus catching touchdowns. I'm surprised he didn't throw one in his career, honestly, at some point. Um, and he probably ran a few. And he's absolutely incredible. Did everything I know possible. he lined up he was, his fullback enough. <laughs> yeah, he did. And terrorized a lot of people as well. So he definitely will be missed as well, too. Kind of wish he would have got a chance to go out like in a playoff run on a playoff team. So maybe a Super Bowl run of his own. Unfortunately, Arizona kind of imploding this year as well, too. But definitely will be missed. And if you don't know, go check out some of his highlights from back in the day, too. If you didn't get a chance to watch him live, you're in for a treat. Like go go and set aside an hour, go check out YouTube, and or if you have the NFL, if you have the NFL dot com NFL Plus, where you can go look at some past games too. Go have yourself a blast. It's it's, it's definitely a good time watching his hey, hey, but. That'll do it here for the tip-off as well, too. And that's going to take us now into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show, and that is the main event. And the main event, of course, brought to you by our new friends over at Manscaped.com. If you don't know yet, well, now you should know. But as they've, they're, they've been lucky enough, we've been lucky enough to be partnered with them, too. Use code HILOSPORTS for 20% off at checkout. Get yourself some nice after-holiday gear as well, too. Maybe you didn't get everything you wanted for Christmas. Maybe you just need a little bit of help with grooming as well, too. Shampoos, deodorants body wash, nose hair trimmers, body trimmers, everything in between. Get yourself something nice at manscaped.com. Use code HILOSPORTS, 20% off. I believe free shipping is still going on as well, too, so go and get yourself a little something nice. Use some of that money you got in your stocking stuffers as well, too, or some of those Visa gift cards. Go and spend wisely there as well, too. Get a whole lot of bang for your buck and keep yourself looking a little fancy going to the new year. Make sure you love yourself heading into the new year so you can start the new year off right and feeling great as well, too. Always a pleasure to work with Manscaped and they're one of the new. What are they? They're one of the new companies we've been had the pleasure of working with in 2022, and it's been a fun year for us. So we're going to look back on 2022 now for the main event. Talk about some of our favorite sports moments as well, too. And I promise, no more manscape plugs here as well, too. Even though that was one of our favorite moments of 2022, is getting to work with them. Hey, we're going to keep the direct focus a little bit more in the sports world for this. You know, I got to go home for the holidays, and so I did actually get to get to make the funny joke to my family that I got paid for talking about balls on TV. Or on, on the radio and or on podcasting. And uh, everybody thought it was hilarious, um, except for my mom, who just shook her head and just was just like, that's my child. I like, like, you know, it's just one of those moments like, you know, you know, deep down, maybe she's like, you know, secretly proud. But like at that time, she's just like, God, that's why she got the what? 
<laughs> it was after that joke is when she decided to get the dog the t-shirt that said favorite child at that point yeah yeah just so everybody knows uh spoiler alert and uh, if, if there was ever any any doubt if you know me you know my family you know my my parents it's no 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 my family in general they all love my dog more than they love me and it was just proven as i was driving getting ready to drive back to ohio my mom puts a dog uh, put a puts a shirt on my dog and says favorite child hmm. not my favorite child no no that is my parents favorite child is my dog so knows you knows where i fall in the family tree and by the way the dog doesn't normally like to wear shirts either but but was glad to wear this shirt just to make sure they they can rub it in your face as well too so yeah anyway and she, she did it as i'm leaving the, the house so i can't you know can't do can't it say anything about, about it, it. <laughs> but anyway heading now into we're gonna go over some of our five favorite sports moments of 2022 looking back on it I'll go ahead and get us started with this one really quick, really early as well, too. This one happened early in the 2022 year of 2022. We're going to go back to the Super Bowl. And we spent a lot of time talking about receivers in the last one. So I'm going to go to the, the crowning jewel of what was one of the best receiver seasons we've ever seen. And not just the Super Bowl, not just Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald getting their long-awaited rings. I'm looking at Cooper Cup's game-winning drive. Not even just going to go with just the touchdown. We're going to go with the entire drive. It wasn't a, for a fourth-quarter drive to win the game. They didn't put the game on Matthew Stafford's back. They didn't put it on Cam Akers' back and handle the ball. They gave the ball to Cooper Cup every play. They handed it to him on end around on fourth down in a couple. Matthew Stafford's no-look pass to Cooper Cup. The down in the red zone, third down, throws it to Cooper Cup, gets pass interfered with by after getting held by a linebacker. Throws a fade to Cooper Cup, doesn't work. Does it again, works with Cooper Cup having an incredible catch in front of Eli Apple for the game-winning touchdown. And just going back to that one moment as well, to seeing a cap on a small kid from Eastern Washington College, FCS school, who played all four years on top of it as well, too. Drafted in the third round, I believe it was, something like that. A little bit injury-prone before that as well. Not not a big name, thought of as a punt returner slash good slot receiver. And then in that moment gets to put a crown, put a cap on and get the flowers for the greatest receiver season arguably we've ever seen. It did, ha- did have the extra game, didn't break any records, but the way he pulled off that triple crown and then the Super Bowl MVP – that was a when I think of 2022, it's going to be hard to not include a, a cup of Campbell's soup, if you will, a cup, a cup of victory from Cooper Cup. Uh, a, a couple catches along with a <laughs> couple nice, nice touchdowns. And that, yeah, no, 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 I, I, you go with a cup jokes all day long. This is there was an absolute fantastic that moment, that drive alone. You there was no question where Matthew Stafford was going on any one of those passes. Like, honestly, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm watching the game and I'm like, if he doesn't go to Cooper Cup every time and it wasn't like. He forced it to Cooper. It was, I mean, maybe the last, maybe the last pass. But up until that point, it wasn't like he wasn't getting himself open. Like he was open, even for like for Matthew Stafford, he was open. Let's, let's be fair. Like for Matthew Stafford, he was in open territory. For maybe like somebody like Alex Smith, maybe he doesn't pull a trigger. But that was like the quintessential like Matthew Stafford gunslinger mixed with the best receiver we have seen since Randy Moss, as far as statistics go. And he's just he's on on his game like he is firing at all cylinders it wasn't like he do it went and you know mystified himself and disappeared during the middle of the game or anything like that he was there for all four quarters and here he is on the last drive you know yakima washington native like just absolutely carrying putting the team on his back saying matthew stafford i will get you your ring don't you worry aaron donald i will get you your ring don't you worry um and that's like it was that was something to behold just because we, we both got to watch Cooper Cup at East Washington, too. And he was, even back then, you kind of like, wow, that's guy's kind of different. Like, it wasn't like, but it wasn't like he jumped off the screen then. But now it's like, 
he still kind of doesn't jump off the screen to be fair <laughs> except for the fact he just keeps getting open and you're just like what how is he that open it doesn't doesn't make sense obviously this year's a different a little bit of different anomaly in 2023 but or the 2022-23 season but as far as last year went i mean no better one to do it absolutely and by the way i'm still convinced that the only reason skyrenic has a job with the rams is because he kind of looks like the cooper cup when he lines up and he wears the same number 18 that he used to wear as well too so i'm convinced that he not only is as great as he is he keeps another guy employed on the rams as well too so that's one of the moments that stick out for 2022 for me and we'll go to you kelsey what's your first one for top five sports moments of 2022 uh, you know, there's a lot I can go with. Um, I'm going to stick with the playoffs for this first one, um, but this will be the only one that I stick with, kind of on the same page with you. And and I'm going back a little bit further into the, the playoff, or earlier into the playoff run, and that was the divisional round, where all four games decided by walk-off scores. The wildest weekend I think I've seen of playoff football, just an absolutely sitting on the edge of your seat, flipping back and forth between channels, hoping you didn't miss a single thing moment where in the four games combined the total victory was by 15 points in four games four games across the board 15 total points has decided it all of which were in walk-off fashion i mean you had the josh allen coin flip situation you had you know uh the Bengals walking it off with a field goal Uh, i mean anything you could have dreamed up happening seemed to have happened in the fourth quarter of all four of those games on in, in that weekend it was just it was a magical moment, something that we kind of, we as fans sometimes forget, like, wow, we really are living through this moment. And it's, mm-hmm. it was, it, to me, that was one of the more fun, just kind of encompassing all of what we, we've experienced in 2022, just all the ups and downs, all into one, like, weekend of sport. Absolutely. So, to end, by the way, Cooper Cup against the Buccaneers with that big third down yeah, over the top advanced moment, to set that game winning field goal on top of it. Like, it was a, the best weekend of call or the best weekend of NFL playoff football that at least I can remember as well too. And I don't think that's hyperbole when, as you mentioned, all of them came right down to the wire, including one of the best quarterback head to head duels, Joe Burrow showing his resiliency, getting sacked a billion times. Talked about Cooper cup in that game as well too. It was absolutely fantastic weekend as well too. And I look, hopefully this year's playoffs can at least match up to 80% of that. Then we'll, we're in for quite the treat as well too. So definitely. Hope let's it, not forget, look, let's not forget, uh, you know, Bengals kicker walking up, walking up to go kick the game winning mm-hmm. field goal and saying, Hey, guess we're going to the AFC championship game. Like what better way to kind of like that, that quote alone just kind of like tells you all you need to know about that weekend. That was just how insane it was. He was just, the confidence is out of the roof in the, especially that Bengals team. The confidence is out of this, out of this world there. And it's a good thing. They don't have a dome on that stadium because there's no way they could keep all those egos in check last season. Absolutely. And on top of that, the same week in the 49ers beat the green Bay Packers without scoring an offensive touchdown. They managed to be they managed to beat that that number one seed in Green Bay without scoring an offensive touchdown. Like wild, wild weekend to say the least. And I hope we get one of those this playoff run as well too. So, looking ahead now for my next sports moment, I'm going to stick with what was mostly in the NFL, but also expanded across all sports as well too. When I think 2022, thinking of the bloody gritty, the 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 touchdown slash end zone slash all related sports dance that. We went from just Justin Jefferson doing it and Jamar Chase doing it at LSU a little bit, kind of being an LSU thing, to Justin Jefferson terrorizing the NFL as a rookie and kind of making a big thing. Then Jamar Chase came in and started doing it with him in the, this, the last 2021-2022 season. Then last year, it, it got out of control. It it got out of control. We had John Moran doing it as well, too, across the NBA. It became a thing in the NBA. It became a great thing in the MLB. We saw 
tight ends doing it, like Mike Kosicki absolutely butchering it. We saw quarterbacks like Mac Jones doing it all the way up and down the side, all the way up and down the field in the Pro Bowl. Saw DeForest Buckner at 300 pounds shaking the earth while doing it. Like, it's hard to not think about the bloody gritty as goofy as it, as goofy as it is to think how that kind of captivated the sports world. Everywhere you turn, somebody was grittying up and down on every single highlight, every single big play. It took on a life of its own, and it's slowed down a little bit here as well, too. And it's no shade towards the gritty, but it almost overstayed its welcome. It almost turned into the dab from 2015. It got, it's gotten really close to where that was as well, too, as far as too much. But it was. You, it's hard to not think about that when you think of sports in 2022. Yeah, no, that's. Look, I, that you name the player, you name the personality in sports. I think they've grittied at this point in time. I don't think, thankfully, I think we we made it without ge- having being forced to gritty or anything. Um, I'm sure pretty we're sure not Tom doing Brady that. Did. We just can do it under the cameras too. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Brady. I guarantee Tom Brady did it because one of his ch- children were like, "Dad, do the gritty," and he was like, hmm. "All right, let me let me do the gritty." And you know, Antonio Brown was on the team at the time and was part hmm. of it, and then he was like, "Yeah, let's do the gritty." Like, and then that's why Antonio Brown's no longer on the team, and why the Bucks. He, he had, he had to, that. Maybe that's what happened with Antonio Brown. He had to witness Tom Brady doing the gritty, and and that's why Antonio Brown did what he did. You know what? That if if I had to witness that as well too, I think I'd do the exact same thing. He might everything else afterwards, maybe not. But get it? If I had to witness, no, yeah, no, just I, just 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 for leaving the team. Everything else that that's that's on him. Like I, I'll leave that one to him. But like I I I would leave the team too if I had to witness Tom Brady gritty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all right well so that's enough next, that one. So we'll go to the next top five sports moment of 2022 kelsey what are we looking at for number two on your list i'm gonna go with the entire usfl season just from start to finish from the kickoff in Can- the kickoff in birmingham where it was just a jam-packed weekend setting tv records for alternate football in the spring uh, absolutely fantastic to what was one of the most exciting championship games there uh in canton ohio in the home of football if you will uh, where the you know national hall of fame is and it was just a bar like for the entire season to go off the way it was the way it did where it's a single location event and to go off really without without very many hitches and like you, you heard it all all around with some of the other leagues that were trying to get started up there were you know all these issues financially all these issues with player personnel with covid with other situations they handled it beautifully from top to bottom um, and I got to give it to the USFL. Now we're getting ready for season two of the USFL to kick off. And I, I kind of maybe did this just because, you know, we are good friends with Zach and, uh, you know, they have their USFL podcast. So maybe it was in my head that it's like, hey, season two is getting ready and uh, we got to get ready for that now, too. But, yeah, no, it's it's exciting to see the USFL kind of get back to what it was doing. Obviously, one of the teams, the Tampa Bay Bandits, is taking this season off, but the, it's OK because the Memphis Showboats are coming in to replace them. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. I, honestly, it really will be to see what the USFL can do in season two. And obviously now we get the XFL coming uh, in 2023, but you know, that's looking ahead. But as far as 2022 went, the USFL, everything they did, setting TV records, getting, getting a whole plan laid out for an alternative football league in the spring to run opposite the NFL and give, give players more of a chance. You know, you had all these NIL deals, all this other stuff for college kids. Now you have the USFL to get an opportunity to get tape out there. And what is it? What is proven to be a league that can put NFL players into the league, and they can be viable players. So absolutely, case in point, Cavante yeah. Turpin for the Cowboys now a Pro Bowl kick returner as well, straight out from the USFL Championship MVP to now look where he is now as well too. So I, I agree. And you mentioned our good friend Zach Alman as well too. Go check out the USFL podcast if you haven't already. The number one source for all things USFL and 
You know, he's been a guest on us a few times as well, too. You've seen him on 4th and 4th as our football show. Definitely, uh, We'll definitely be having Zach on as we get closer to that as well, too. We'll definitely have fun talking about USFL with Zach. We definitely, he's the guy to go to for that as well, too. Well, you know what? I I look forward to that as well, too. I I can't wait to see what Season 2 has entailed, considering it showed that Season 1 can be a success as well. Season 1, there's a lot of what-ifs going into it. And now we kind of know, all right, this can work. Now we can build on it as opposed to, no one's going to go all chips in until they see it can work. And now they see it can work. I think we're going to see a few more chips with the dip, if you will. I think they're going to go a little bit more heavy on it. So I look forward to season two. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I, I mean, I'm pumped. Um, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Absolutely. As well, too. And I can't wait to see, uh, I can't wait to see the return of case Cookus as well. My favorite quarterback in that league, just because, and I will say this every time his name comes up, he's the only quarterback I've ever seen get ejected for a targeting penalty when he was in college playing for, playing for, I believe, is Weber State as well, too, when he mm-hmm. cracked back blocked on, on a linebacker and then flexed over the top of him. So, once again, favorite quarterback ever for because he has a targeting call. I will never let it down, and any chance I can bring it up, I will continue to go with it. But moving on now to my third favorite sports moment of 2022, and this one, I'm going to go back into June, and we're going to look at the NBA Finals, but I'm not going to talk about the Game 6, not going to talk about the clinching moment. I'm going to go into game four of the NBA finals in Boston garden. The warriors are down two to one. Draymond green is visibly lit and literally shaken. You could tell that Boston crowd got into his head. He was playing even by Draymond green's quadruple single standards quite miserably. Everyone was kind of joking that he's already 90 feet out the door, focused on the podcast, not playing basketball, make it basically all talk, no walk at that point. He, and what, what happens? The smallest guy on the court, Steph Curry, for lack of a better terms, had a Jon Snow Battle of the Bastards moment where he faced down the entire army, where he faced down all of Boston Garden, dropped, what was it, a 40-piece 40, 40 in that game four as well, too, taunted the crowd, run, basically turned all eyes on him as well, too, and gave Draymond Green a free, free pass to get back to not being a mess, for lack of a better word. Clay Thompson was still getting back from the injury. He's still getting back. He was never not going to be quite the same Clay from back in his heyday, but he was still getting his sea legs back. And Steph Curry put that team on his back, both literally, both on the basketball court as well as mentality-wise, showing a true leader. And I think we kind of talked about it then. That, I think, established him as that top 15 player of all time and climbing as well, too. There's always questions. Was he like 25, somewhere in there? He had done now the finals MVP. Then all this blah, 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 blah. I think that moment alone catapults into like number 12 or 13, something like that. Put the number He put the numbers there, fourth quarters. He was strong down the stretch. And he did... And he had the most, one of the best basketball leadership moments we've seen there as well, too. And we talked about every, how basketball players, it's either you do it for the Knicks or you do it against the Knicks in Boston Garden. That's kind of a big moment. Or against the Knicks in the Garden. Well, against Boston Garden, you could say that and you get threatened with somebody to basically run down there and try and stab you because their fans are a little bit rowdy. And that's an understatement. And when I say rowdy, I mean downright vitriol. It, it, it is very... It's not for the mentally weak. I'm trying to think respectfully, of the right words. Respectfully, respectfully, it is not for the mentally weak. And Steph Curry not only went in there and handled it mentally strong, he invited it. He encouraged it. He threw a hydrogen atom into that. He may turn that place into a Hindenburg, basically coming after him. And he answered the call. So for Steph Curry, Steph Curry gets a tip of the cap. And that's a big moment that sticks out for me is how he flipped that series around where they went on to win three games in a row because of Steph Curry having that moment of basically all eyes on me and I will deliver and, there, every all questions about Steph Curry's placement in history, I think, ended right there. If there was any questions, I think they ended in that night. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> think. I I don't think there's a single doubt in 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 the world now. We all know 
who and what Steph Curry is. And and honestly, he's no longer just the guy that's six foot three that makes every normal sized human being think they can play basketball. He is the guy that is six foot three dominating seven footers in a game built for seven footers in a way that has never been seen before. And he's doing it at such a high caliber and it's such a mentally mentally state i don't that's not the right way to say that mentally, it's such strong. A mentally strong way to yeah there you go mentally strong way that you've not really seen from any any current superstars in, in the same way it's it is i don't i don't like saying kobe-esque or mj-esque but it kind of is in, in a lot of ways where it's like when it's his time to take over he's he's okay get out of his way just give him the ball and watch him work and, and he's gonna take over uh i can't can't think of how many you know game-winning shots we've sit here, sat here and watched from this man in his career and then this this i mean to see what he did in the garden I, that was people talk about how bad it is in the garden you know you talk about you talk and, and i think it was 10 times worse than anything i've ever seen in the garden um i think since maybe paul pierce coming back from the wheelchair situation like hmm. him coming back from the wheelchair that maybe rivaled what started the Draymond getting derailed situation. And then as Dr- Draymond got more and more frazzled, it got worse and worse in that crowd. And and yet you had Steph just like, don't worry, guys. Draymond, take a seat. I got you. Like, yeah, it was, it, it's magical. Uh, what I'm going to say that a lot, I guess, today. Uh, you talk about Luca magical, but magical what Steph was mm-hmm. able to do there and, and to do it so naturally. It's, it's kind of a, it's not fair. He's a cheat code. He is, he is a cheat code at this point in time. Like if he's, you're able to go in the garden and, and do that. It's your cheat code. Like, sorry, there's no competing with that really. And to throw on top of that too, not all those other fun semantics that we talked about that made it stand out. He did that against the number one ranked defense too. I mean, like Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, yeah, it's not, defense like it's easy guys walking like, like even if you take away all the extra stuff, he still did that against the cream daylight crop on the defensive end as well too. So, Absolutely sensational moment from the chef establishing himself up even more so than he already had and putting a stamp on a legendary career. He could have retired after that series. And I think his place would be pretty locked, but still going strong. Maybe we'll see if what he has left as well, but that came forward was something else. And he turned it into a one V five type of game. As far as the eyes of everyone else, if he, if they lose that game, it is Steph's fault. He can give you 60, but because of the way he drew all eyes on him, it would not have mattered. And he still delivered. So that's, that's the basketball one that really stuck out for me. And, Kelsey, we'll go to you. What are we looking at for number three on your list? Uh, so this one, is, this one's kind of bittersweet, I guess. Uh, but it's it's the retiring of all these goats. I'm gonna, and I, I I do mean there is a laundry list of goats that retired this year. Mm. Um, and, and I'm gonna start with the goat of all goats when it comes to to male or female athletes. I think Serena Williams, and that is her walking away, her finally calling it calling it a career, walking away. Does it? I mean, look, she's been a fantastic role model for women everywhere, for women of color everywhere as well, whether it be in tennis or whether it just be in the sports world in general. She has proven time and time again that, you know, all these things that people say are not true, that you make your own path. And and for her to, you know, do it her way, to retire her way, uh, you know, I applaud everything she did in her career. And, and I still stand by she's the greatest American athlete and I will die on that hill um at this point in time and I, i'm gonna stand by that one for for now but you know we have serena williams retiring one of the greatest baseball players ever play, uh, the machine himself albert pujols retiring along with his teammate yadier molina um you have roger federer one of the greatest male tennis players to ever play also retired sue bird talk about great great athletes male or female from the point guard position 
Sue Bird is an absolutely fantastic definition of what you want from a point guard, male or female. And look, her, her talent will be missed dearly. Uh, and let's not forget Katie Ledecky. If you guys don't know anything about Katie Ledecky, she holds the top 23 times in the world in the 800-meter freestyle. Top 23 times in the world when she retired. That's insane. Like, you don't... Yeah, like you don't just like you don't you're not just beating competition. You're beating the competition so bad every race. You're pushing f- names that no longer play running that or race racing that sport out of the top leaderboard. Like that's how dominant she was with with uh, you know for the 800 meter free. And then on top of that, maybe the goat of all goats when it comes to coaching, uh, especially basketball and USA basketball, and that's Coach K, um, walking away from the hardcore as, as well. So look, that that list by itself. Yeah, Serena, Albert Pujols, Roger Federer, Yadier Molina, Sue Bird, Katie Ledecky, and Coach K, Coach Shostevsky. I like. I'm probably missing some too. And this is just the one I came up with off the top of my head, and uh, this, of, of some of the greatest that uh, have retired, and just remembering their careers and everything. Uh, you know, this year it's been uh, been fun. I guess is is bittersweet. You know, at the end of the day. Oh, we'll see too. You also forgot Tom Brady. One of the goats did retire. Granted, he kind of ruined his own retirement, but he did. Him. He he retired in 2022. It still happened. I'm still adding it to the list, even though he ruined it. Was it was a well. it, it was a 100% a promo for his crypto.com deal. I swear, I still stand by that. And then it just got it got busted as soon as as soon as the uh, the report came out, so they couldn't run the deal anymore. That explains the kit, the crypto drop a little bit as well too. But also the Katie Ledecky that 800 record book has now basically turned into the Katie Ledecky Chronicles. That is just how absolutely yeah. dominant she's been. It's, it's not even like, a record book anymore; it's her resume. It's her guest book for just showing up at the local pool. It feels like like I mean, this is uh, that's an insane an insane stat to think about. Like that you set tw- the top 23 race records in your in your race. Like that's just that's silly. Uh, it's just absolutely silly. <laughs> Just downright acidite, but that's going to lead me. You kind of more or less guided us right into my next one as well. So you mentioned Coach K retiring as well too. That's that's what my next moment was as well, focusing on Coach K, arguably the greatest basketball coach of all time, regardless of across men, women, college, NBA, high school, whatever. You considering he's won at the college level such a high level, and then he took NBA players into the Olympics and is a multiple time gold medal champion. The coach of the redeem team, he for lack of a better term, fix the USA Olympic basketball. But considering where they were beforehand, where they got the bronze and they were disappointing, to what he took over and where they are now as well, too, is it feels like if they're a perpetual gold medal, and even when the games are close, it's uncomfortable. Half the players don't even play anymore as well. And the world, Worldwide, it's starting to turn into a worldwide sport. He still has held them strong for, the, for his entire time, too. What I also thought was interesting is how weirdly poetic is it for Coach K's final season, his swan song, his final game of his career is a final four game against UNC while he's at Duke as well, too. Like, obviously, it wasn't quite a Disney story as he didn't walk away beating them as well, too. Unfortunately, he did fall in that game by, I think it was 72 to 69. It was a very close game. But what a weird, what a weirdly poetic way to go out as well, too, against your arch rival, the team you've played as much as anybody. 50 and 47 all time against them, which means he faced off almost 100 times against UNC in his coaching career. He's seen some of the best of the best, some of the worst of the worst, and every J.J. Redick in between. He's gotten countless players to the NBA, countless got people into full-time professions, got them through college. Basically, he's had a, been a huge, strong influence on a lot of young men as well, too, getting from young men to full-grown adults. And 
every you could go across the coaching spectrum as well. I don't think there's one coach that really has anything negative to say about him as well. Too even the most staunch maybe, of Duke haters. You got maybe Roy Williams. Even Roy Williams would be like, I hate Duke so much, but I'm glad Mike Krzyzewski's retired so I can like him again. It's yeah, exactly. Like that's that's exactly the case. It'd be like you know I hated Coach K when we played when he coached against each other. But other than that, he's a great dude. Like that's probably the conversation <laughs> if you had that with uh, with Mike with Roy Williams. I mean. Absolutely, it would as much. It would have been great to see him go out with a title win or or anything along those lines. But seeing him get a chance to go against his arch nemesis in his final game, it just felt weirdly fitting as well. Too, it's a shame that it had to go out in a loss for him. But he's always going to remember for what he did either way as well. Too, and when they do make that Coach K documentary, I hope it is kind of like the Last Dance, like a ten parter going over all the chronicles of everything that had to do with it from early days, the late days, his co- the Olympics. I look forward to whatever documentaries type series slash episode slash movie, whatever they're going to do with it. I can't wait to see it because he has been at an unprofound touch on a lot of young people's lives, both from the sports perspective and just in life as well. Yeah. You know, fun fact about coach K, he actually recruited the only two power five, I guess you can say power five basketball players from the state of Alaska in his career. So yeah. Uh, very, very fun fact there uh, that Carlos Boozer, obviously one of them. And then hmm. uh, I believe it's not Leitner, but the uh, Trajan Langdon. Trajan Langdon hmm. um, were the two from Alaska that he, he coached. No other coach would go up to Alaska to recruit. But he just so just like, hey, you know what? Let's go get this tall, bald guy from Juno Douglas. And then let's get Trajan hmm. Langdon who can shoot the lights out of a gym. No big deal. But yeah, no, Coach K, I can't wait to see what's happening. And, and you know, as I talked like, uh, as we'll talk about here in a minute about one of the other sports moments, but this is one that Disney's in the wings. Like, all right, I'm ready to pay $5 billion for this. Hmm for this biography let's go coach like get it out like get the get the biography out so we can make a movie about it already please like they're just ready HBO, amazon whoever's gonna do it get started now we don't have time to waste as well too <laughs> I, I i can't wait for it as well too coach k coach shashevsky they nobody got his name right the first time but they all still know can do coach k as well too so what are we now what are we get- looking at for you oh go ahead well before before i do that but my only request is for the coach k documentary movie that if they're gonna have a actor play coach k can we do it before Al Pacino passes? I need Al Pacino to be Coach K. That's all I need in life. That is an offer that I would not refuse as well. Too. Like <laughs> I will not refuse it if they make that offer. I can't wait for it. So I, that, that'll do it for the fourth one for me, Kelsey. What are we looking at for your fourth favorite sports moment of 2022? Yeah, so I'm going to go with the most, most recent probably of all of them, and that's from this World Cup, and that is, you know, I just talked about we're probably talking about something where Disney's in the wings waiting to make a documentary about this, and that is uh, Lionel Messi. And his World Cup win, finally, Leo, mighty little Leo, uh, getting his first World Cup win. Obviously, despite all the Salt Bay antics involved in this one mm-hmm. um, afterwards, Messi has finally got his trophy, finally got his, you know, finally got that last thing to put him up in that upper echelon of, of uh, soccer, football players, whatever you want to call them. Um, he, he's up there now with the Pele's, with the Maradona's, with the long-term remembrance people. Uh, and, and honestly, he is, he is the best player of our generation. And there's no question about that. Uh, you know, there wasn't any really any question left going into this World Cup, but really solidified by this World Cup win for Messi because his team played for him versus, you know, the other guy's team kind of, well, let's just say they were happy when he got benched. Um, so Messi never never has been the case where Argentina has been happy that Messi did not play. Um, in fact, they are so angry at one point in time with Messi that he was playing on the field but kind of taking a break during a friendly that they said that he was the little flea that fled, which is, if you don't know, his nickname is the little flea. 
Um, we're going to talk about his time in Barcelona. But yeah, no, Messi finally kind of ending that storybook run and getting Argentina that that World Cup trophy they so desperately wanted and really Messi so desperately needed for his own you know career resume, if you will. But uh, it's a magical moment and, and happy to see it happen. And he did it in a, I don't want to say a blaze of glory, but in arguably one of the greatest World Cup finals we've ever seen with a historic performance on the other side to co-acted too. So it's like he had a rival going head to head with on top of it as well too, which makes it that much better than if they would have. A, a young rival too. Mm-hmm. A young exactly. rival trying to take his take, trying to take Messi's spot, not just in the international one, but even on their own home club team. They, you know, they play football, play for PSG. So you look at it, it's like they're both trying to, like, Mbappe's trying to use their Messi in a lot of ways. So a young it's Game line of Thrones, to but in the over. soccer world. Exactly. Young line trying to take over the tribe as well, too. But the old king holds on just a little bit longer. So speaking of old kings holding on, we're gonna, I'm going to go to my final sports moment of 2022. And we're going to bend the rules a little bit because I'm going to pick one, but it's going to be encapsulated with a few others as well, too. And we're going to go to the octagon. I'm looking at UF, I'm looking at Leon Edwards with his dramatic, climactic, explosive, terrifying head kick knockout late in the fifth round over Kamaru Usman. Less than 90 seconds ago, Kamaru Usman cruising to a 50-45 to 45 decision win, maybe 49-46, something along those lines. The point is it was a straight, thorough domination. Then one shot, one kill, head kick knockout from Leon Edwards to ice Kamar Usman, steal the championship belt, and stop what Kamar Usman was on the brink of breaking Anderson Silva's record for consecutive wins in the UFC at 16. Anderson Silva did it, was considered the GOAT. Kamar Usman is, was closing in on it, and Leon Edwards stopped it right in its tracks as well, too. An absolutely incredible performance, a stunning knockout as well, too, that commentator team was literally writing his obituary, for lack of a better words. During the call, and then out of nowhere, he shuts the lights out. And I'm going to add on top of that, too, just the champ, the long-reigning champions that went out during this year as well, too. Mention Kamar Usman. Israel Adesanya, a long-reigning champ, multiple-time defense, losing late in the fifth round for himself as well, too. Saw Juliana Pena lose her title after taking it from the long-reigning Amanda Nunes as well, too. We saw that rivalry go back and forth a little bit as well. There's just a lot of championship belt changing. Charles Oliveira losing his to Islam Makachev as well. Just... The way the titles have shifted around, especially this last year, and seen those long-reigning champs lose, especially late when normally in those championship fights, if it's a late rally, it's oftentimes the champion who gets a late rally in those fifth rounds, like Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. Losing most time in the fifth round, the champion in those championship rounds pulls it out. This time we've kind of seen the flip script where the contenders have come on strong really, really late as well. Look at John Jones and GSP. Those fifth rounds is where they won their fights that they were losing or the ones that they arguably lost in the fifth round and fourth round is where they flipped the tide. This time we see the contenders taking it as well, too. And definitely gonna, it's definitely going to be highlighted by that Leon Edwards incredible KO that's going to be on hype videos, previews, poster boards, whatever you want to say it for years to come. Technically sound, technically smooth. One shot, one kill. Absolutely incredible performance from the Octagon as well, too. And I look forward to seeing their trilogy fight coming up, hopefully in 2023 as well. So, Kelsey, what are we looking at to round out your top five sports moments of 2022? Yeah, the last one, uh, this one's a little bit, um, I guess maybe I'm a homer for this one because it is a San Francisco <laughs> Giants situation. Uh, but I think it's, it's it's you know, I'm continuing the trend of, uh, you know, kind of a historic moment here. And that's Alyssa Nakin becoming the first female to actually coach on the field of an MLB game um, this season for the Giants as after uh, the first base coach was ejected 
Um, they substituted her in as the as the base coach there, and kind of just a historic moment that continues the trend for baseball right now, where there may be a lot of problems in some of the some of the other some of the some of the places in in the sports world, um, but baseball is trying super hard right now to not just diversify uh, for you know within the male population within race, but also into getting females involved, getting females in the front office, into different coaching positions, and all over the place. Um, this kind of keeps the ball moving in the right way, something that should have happened a long time ago, but obviously due to slow moving gears in some people's brains, it doesn't, uh, doesn't exactly move as fast as you would like it to. Um, but definitely something that, you know, proud moment for the giants, proud moment for baseball history. And, you know, just love to see it. And uh, hopefully we get more of it in the next coming years more. It, it, look, it's always better, right? It, it, evolution is changed and changes better. Um, say what you will about that. And no sticks in the mud around here. Hmm. definitely as well too so that that'll do it for our top five sports moments each of 2022 absolutely sensational year in the world of sports but there is one more fun moment we want to talk about and that is the part getting a partnership sport for the sports betting app known as outlier they are the sponsors of crunch time as well too if you don't know about outlier well you definitely should know they're here to make betting life easier and smarter so you can win more money as well too click the link in our bio outlier.bet slash high low sports get yourself a free seven day trial as well too. get yourself some live betting odds take a look at some of the trends get yourself across multiple sports books from FanDuel to DraftKings Caesars everything in between set yourself up for a chance to win money in the best way as well too and honestly for crunch time we're gonna keep it really simple we just wanted to say thank you to everybody as well too it was a wonderful year for us we saw a lot of new people coming and join us as well too a lot more comments, a lot more views, a lot more reaching out from other people. It's been sensational to watch the podcast grow and see every, all of you come along for the journey with us. So for us, for Crunch Time, it's quick and simple. We just want to say thank you, and it's been an absolute pleasure. And we look forward to having a lot of you coming with us in 2023. Yeah, no, it's been, been a blast. I honestly can't can't say I, I don't look forward to these Wednesday nights. I, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I could be exhausted, and I'm still like, you know what, let's, let's do it. And then it, many times we have gotten on here, and I have literally just woken up from a nap, but I'm, I'm actually excited to do the podcast. It is, uh, it is so fun it's, this year, especially. has been been a blast in, in, in kind of our process along the way, all these live shows, uh, you know, getting to go to places and, and travel and, and experience different things. We did the Fantasy Football Expo this year, got to meet some people, do some – interviews around there got to work with all these great brands outlier um, being one of the more recent ones Colorcast, obviously being the parent company of outlier and all the work we did with them uh, you know we have manscape now who's a fantastic partner you know all of our former partners well airtime we did work stuff with uh, it's been been a lot of fun along the way don't forget we did the brew dog uh, browns tailgates you know those were an absolute blast as well we got to go to pittsburgh last year i know that was last year but you know, maybe, maybe things like that will happen again this year coming up. So been a lot of fun for 2022. And now, you know, we, we set kind of set the bar for this year. Now it's, we got to surpass it next year. Right. That's, that's the goal. Um, but no, we couldn't honestly do that without anybody with, without everybody else out there listening. Um, we appreciate you guys as always, you know, tuning in every week or just even catching the, the reruns or even just the shorts or whatever we put on, on reels or Instagram or, or goofy stuff we put on TikTok or, DJ talking about the Broncos being chased by Gyarados is down a waterfall. Um, hmm. You know, those uh, we get to have fun moments and we are glad we get to share the opportunity with you guys. Absolutely. As well, too. And there's plenty more to come as well, too. It's been an absolute treat. Once again, catch us on all of our social medias. If you, do, if you're new here as well, too, all your favorite podcast apps as well, too, the episodes 
live every Wednesday night, and they do get uploaded on Thursday as well. They do get uploaded late Wednesday, and you can find them on Thursday as well, too. So we look forward to seeing you all again for the rest of 2023. It's always a pleasure. We will see you guys next week as we kick off 2023 with the new year.